Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, introducing your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a great personality from Down Under, Dr. Brett Hill, drbretthill.com. Dr. Brett Hill is the co-host of two of Australia's top-rated health podcasts. One is called That Paleo Show, and the other is The Wellness Guys Show. He also is the co-founder of Australia's leading health podcast channel called The Wellness Couch, public speaker, paleo advocate, chiropractor, barefoot runner, and author of numerous books, including the one we're going to talk about today called Nourish Without Nagging. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Elle. Thanks for having me on board. Pleasure to be over in the States, at least, uh, you know, at least digitally anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love I love your podcast and I love what you're doing. Tell us, though, first a little bit about yourself. How did you, you know, stumble upon and get into a paleo lifestyle? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I was always a little bit of a sickly child growing up. Um, you know, I was always the kid who had – I was never terribly sick, but I always had coughs and colds and infections, and I was always a bit asthmatic, and I always had trouble sleeping. And so, um, you know, I, I think I was always sort of thinking, well, there must be more to it than this. Uh, but I wasn't particularly health conscious growing up. You know, I, I came from a very mainstream family. I had a pretty mainstream diet. You know, I left school. I was working in a hardware store. I can remember having a lunch that was like a pie, a pasty, I don't know if you know what the pasty is, but, you know, a 1.25 liter <laughs> No, but I read that and I'm assuming it's like a little pastry. Yeah, it's or? like a little pastry that kind of technically has vegetables in it, but doesn't really have many vegetables in it, but it's mostly pastry. And, and you know, a 1.25 liter soft drink I'd have with my lunch, um, which I'm not sure what that converts to actually in the United States, but, but you know, it's a big one. And um, and then I'd have a Mars bar as well. And, and that was a typical lunch for me. So, um, but I was always interested in... Yeah, how were you feeling back then during those lunches? <laughs> how were you feeling in a couple hours the later? The thing is, probably surprisingly, I was probably okay. You know, I, I was 18 to 20 years old and I tended to deal with it all right. Like I never had the massive health crisis that you hear many people in the paleo world talk about. You know, I probably should have because I was eating terribly. I was drinking way more alcohol than I should have been. I was not getting enough sleep. I was, you know, and people out there listening to that probably hating on me thinking, you know, how does he get away? with it you know i was i was slim i was you know i was really quite slender and um you know it, it didn't affect me in the way that it probably does most people but by the same token it, it wasn't until i started making changes that i guess i realized how much better i could be as well um so whilst i wasn't having a health crisis i think i was probably slowly developing i, I almost certainly was slowly developing major health issues but just not having the obvious symptoms of it because I was kind of young and relatively active and, and sort of managed to get away with it. But I did want to, you know, I was interested in health and wellness. You know, I decided I wanted to be a chiropractor. And I guess for me, the biggest thing was the more I started learning about chiropractic and the chiropractic philosophy, which, you know, the core of our chiropractic philosophy is that the body needs no help, just no interference. And, and that if you can, you know, get rid of the stuff that your body doesn't need and add in the stuff that your body does need, then the natural state of your body is to be really healthy. 
And so the more I learned about that and the more I started going to chiropractic seminars and going and observing chiropractors and hearing them speak about you know not just chiropractic but diet and exercise and all those other facets – I realized that there was some stuff that I was doing that wasn't particularly, uh, you know, health conscious um, and that I wasn't being a particularly good example for, you know, when I did eventually become a chiropractor, I wasn't exactly being a way shower for other people in terms of how they did their health. So, you know, I started realizing that I wanted to make some changes and, and really it was from a, as I said, from a philosophical basis as much as anything that I started making those changes. You know, I, I didn't have that crisis that urged me to make an instant change. But gradually over time, I did start to make changes in terms of my diet, in terms of my exercise. You know, I probably changed very slowly. You know, I was never one that I just jumped straight into doing paleo. You know, in fact, at the time, I had no idea what paleo was. You know, this was probably 18 years ago that I started making changes. And so bit by bit, I started making changes. And, and certainly for me, you know, the, the dietary changes combined with exercise changes combined with chiropractic care you know, I noticed that I was much more energetic. You know, I was much more vibrant. I certainly wasn't getting sick all the time. You know, I went from probably about half a dozen times a year being on some sort of antibiotic to not having had any form of medication aside from when they took out one of my wisdom teeth, not having any form of medication for now about 18 years. Um, you know, so it, there were some drastic changes for me. You know, I went from taking two or three hours to get to sleep each night to all of a sudden being able to just roll over and fall asleep wherever and whenever I wanted. Um, so, you know, my my lifestyle, my health changed dramatically, even though I didn't even think of myself as being sick at the time. Um, and so I guess over that period of time, I, I did just little bit by little bit kept making changes towards what I saw as being a more natural way of living, towards removing interference from my body, removing unnatural foods. Um, and it was only later that I sort of discovered this whole paleo movement and realized that there were other people kind of doing what I was doing as well, which was quite exciting. And it seems to kind of go hand in hand with chiropractors, I've noticed. Um, I mean, at least they're the ones in the sort of medical body work slash community, right, that um, often adopt this. What do you think that's about? I mean, it's just interesting and it's great. I mean, obviously, maybe because they're in some integrative arm, right, and, you know, uh, tangent, but it's interesting. It's definitely a philosophy. You know, it's the way we think as chiropractors. So as a chiropractor, you know, the way we think about the body is not about necessarily just whether you've got symptoms or not, but whether your body's functioning at its best. You know, and so when you look at things, I guess from a medical paradigm, and and you know, it, it's very much more symptom based and pain based. And so the goal there is to figure out what's wrong and then try and treat it and fix it, you know, which is a very different paradigm. The chiropractic paradigm is all about saying, well, your body is inherently healthy. You know, it's not a it's not a dumb system that we need to fix. It's not a broken system that we need to fix. Your, your body is actually very, very intelligent. You know, it's evolved over millions of years to be perfectly suited to its environment. It's designed to thrive. And so what we need to do is not actually fix our body. It's actually just remove the interference and allow our body to heal itself. And so that's what we do as chiropractors. You know, when, when we look at adjusting the spine, the reason we're doing that is to remove interference from the spine and nervous system so that the body can communicate better with itself and hence heal itself. So when you have that sort of philosophy around health and well-being, then it, the, the diet stuff is just a natural extension of that, is saying, well, if I'm eating foods that are interfering with the natural function of my body, or if I'm not eating foods that my body requires and has evolved to require in order to thrive, then my body's not going to perform at its best. And not only am I potentially going to get aches and pains or sickness or you know inflammation or anything else, but I'm just not going to thrive. I'm not going to get the best out of my body. And that's really you know where chiropractic has always come from. It's that more wellness 
focused approach. It's that functional approach. And so when you have that perspective already, then doing something like a paleo diet just makes total sense. That's amazing. Now, then switching into becoming a dad, and then we're going to transition in this nourish without nagging, because somehow you've mastered the art of teaching your children what will give their body the best fuel in order for them to be the best and healthiest version of themselves. And of course, I know that's what we all want. You all want for all of our children and everyone that we know that's young and growing. Um, let's talk about it. Nourish without nagging. What a great title. Um you know, how how the hell do you get kids to actively choose to eat healthy? There's a lot of little tips and stuff. So we'll, we'll touch on a few of them. But let's do a gloss over. And then I want to ask you about a couple of the specifics in there. Perfect. Yeah, well, I love talking about this topic. You know, it's one of the things that I'm absolutely most passionate about. And, you know, it's probably the thing that I'm most proud of, you know, is, you know, when people ask me in terms of my entire career, you know, what's the thing you're most proud of? And for me, it's my kids. You know, I, I just, I love my kids to bits. And so, you know, it's interesting, you know, even having kids, even deciding that I was going to have kids in the future was a massive stimulus for me to want to do better. You know, uh, even when we started talking about conceiving and, and, you know, wanting to have children, it, it made me even, you know, take another step further of saying, well, you know, if, if I'm going to be bringing other people into this world, I want to give them just the absolute best possible chance. So, you know, that was a real stimulus for me to, to tidy up my diet even more, to start exercising even more and to want to do better. And so it naturally flowed then when the, when the kids actually came along, you know, you look at these just amazing creatures that they are. I mean, they're a miracle, really. The, the fact that this whole human being develops from one single cell inside of the mother's body and, and becomes this, you know, this child is just phenomenal. It's, it's incredible. And they're such there's such a privilege and there's such a pleasure and you just want to give them everything, you know. So, you know, I, I was just really focused on how what I could do to make the absolute best environment for my kids so that they could thrive and they could grow. And so, um, you know, naturally having learnt everything I'd learnt about food, then it, it flowed on that I wanted to, to provide that for my kids. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that doing what I do, I'm exposed to so much different information and so many different people. You know, we, we've done – you know, I think I've probably done close to 500 interviews between my two podcast shows now with experts all around the world. And so, you know, I've learned a lot about not just food and exercise, but, you know, how to motivate people and how to inspire people and how to get people to make change. And one of the things that, that's very clear that I realized was that, you know, if I just taught my kids what they should eat, and if I just taught my kids that they should eat it because I tell them they should eat it, then that wasn't going to be a long-term strategy for them to thrive. You know, that wasn't going to teach them how to make those choices for themselves. And I realized that if I did it that way, that as soon as they grew up and as soon as they were outside of my experience, because, you know, you, you soon realize that, you know, you can't control everything your kids do. I mean, my kids are only five and seven, and I'm already definitely seeing that. Um, and that they're going to have lots of outside influences, whether that's friends at school, whether that's other parents, whether that's grandparents, whether that's, you know, birthday parties, there's always going to be a lot of external influences. And so, you know, if, if you really want your kids to um, to eat healthy and to choose to eat healthy going forwards, then it, you need to figure out what motivates them and help them see why they would want to eat healthy um, so that they make the right choices for themselves. Because if they're just doing it because you tell them to, then as soon as you're not there, as soon as those other influences come in, then they're going to be eating totally different stuff, um, which is okay sometimes. But you know, we, we want to fuel them as much as we can with the good stuff. So the, the key to the book really is about teaching kids why they would want to eat healthy. And that's really the key. Let's um, talk about a couple of the points in there. I, I really like one of these because I think it's, a, you know, you, you jump into, I mean, it's sort of just part of, you know, bringing up children, which is 
ah, the the negative con, you know, the negative consequences of labeling your kids. Yeah, well, it's really easy to do, isn't it? I mean, we've all been there and done it. You know, I think particularly. Like everyone's got a title in their family, right? Like that she was the lazy one. She was the, or, you know, right? Every, a lot of people are sort of labeled by family members and have that sort of, uh, yeah, little tag. Yeah, absolutely. And and you don't want to do that. I mean, the, the key, I think, is to focus on behaviors. You know, so, you know, it's okay to talk about certain foods and how they might affect you, but it's not good food or bad food. You know, in the same way, it's, it's okay to talk about, you know, what your kids have chosen to eat and how they're feeling and, and communicate with them about that, but it doesn't make them a bad kid. You know, it doesn't make them, you know, so you've got to be really careful with how you label things with kids because very often if you label the food they've just eaten as bad, what your kids will actually hear is that they're bad. You know, so you need to be really conscious of how you're wording things with your children um, because you don't want to create those negative connotations with food. Um, you certainly don't want to create those negative connotations with your kids um, because that's going to then develop into you know, potentially issues around food later on in life, which is you know, certainly something I was very conscious in writing this book of making sure that you know, I worked with psychologists, I worked with nutritionists, I worked with naturopaths. I got them all to have a good look at this book because I wanted to make absolutely sure that what I was teaching teaching kids was how to have a wonderful, healthy relationship with food and a wonderful, healthy relationship with their bodies um, rather than, you know, feeling like they were ever, you know, being restricted or they were ever um, missing out or that they were ever, you know, thinking badly, you know, eating certain foods because they didn't like themselves. You know, I wanted these kids to be loving themselves enough that they wanted to nourish their body and look after themselves and choosing to do that consciously and actively because they wanted to, um, not feeling like they had to or they should or, you know, someone else expected them to or they were being nagged to or, you know, punished to or anything like that. So um, I think that's really important to avoid those negative connotations around food because they can, you know, the one thing you've got to be really conscious with with kids is the relationships you set up with them now around food or around treats or around rewards or whatever it happens to be, you know, you're teaching them lessons that they are potentially going to carry with them for the rest of their life. I'd love to also get into that whole little concept of, you know, uh, be careful telling your kids why they can't eat something. Yeah, well, I think it's really important to tell your kids why they can't eat something. So, you know, very often as parents, you know, as parents, we're time poor. You know, it, it's hard sometimes to have yeah, and you can't have in-depth conversations with your child every single time about why they shouldn't do something. You know, sometimes if your child's running towards the busy street, you just have to say, stop now because I said so, you know. Uh, but but other times, you know, you do have time. You can actually sit down and explain to them. And the, the beauty of that is if you can explain to your kids why they would want to do something and particularly why they would want to do something, not why you want them to do something, then that's what's going to create long-term behavioral change for them. So, you know, I can talk to my kids till I'm blue in the face about how eating certain foods are going to be, you know, healthful for their body and help their immune system or how other foods might cause cancer in their body later in life. But really, my kids aren't going to care. Right? Because that's not what motivates them. You know, they're not as five years old worried about getting cancer later on. So you need to figure out what, you know, what your kids' motivations are and help show them why they would want to eat the healthy food and why they would want to avoid the other foods. So, you know, spending that little bit of extra time with your kids to really explain to them why rather than just because I said so, um, whilst it may be a little bit more time consuming to start with, it saves you so much time and effort and energy later on. You know, all of those 
all of those conversations and those debates and those to and fro arguments you have over the dinner table can go from you know you and your child sitting on opposite sides of the dinner table arguing backwards and forwards to you sitting on the same side of the dinner table as your child talking about why you both want to eat healthy food, being totally on the same team and working together because you've helped them understand why they want to do it. It's now a common goal that you've got to do it and you're working together. And I tell you what, it is a as a parent, it's an absolute game changer. It's a totally different dinner table experience when you're both on the same team working towards a different towards a common goal. Um, so that's why I think you know if you can explain to them why not only will it make your life easier because you know you're not going to have to keep having those arguments over and over again but when they understand why they want to do it it means that when you're not there then they still understand why they want to do it and they're still going to make those great choices most of the time yeah that's a really great point what about um <laughs> i like the whole little sort of common mistake of or or i guess warning against creating positive links with unhealthy food you know, I think yeah, that that's kind of a accidental pitfall, right? So let's get into that. Give some examples and get into that because that's common. Yeah. Well, it's such a touchy topic, right? Because, you know, we all want our kids to grow up and to have fun. You know, we all want our kids to have wonderful experiences at birthday times, at Christmas times, you know, when they've achieved something in their life, you know, whatever it happens to be. But you've just got to be conscious of what you're teaching your kids when you do that. Because if you teach your kids that, you know, that when they do really well, then they deserve to have unhealthy food. You know, if you teach your kids that when they want to celebrate, then they deserve to have unhealthy food. If you teach your kids that when they want to bond with their family and when they want to, you know, when they want to feel loved and nurtured, then they should eat unhealthy food. Or, or conversely, if you teach your kids when they're feeling flat and down and low, then they should eat unhealthy food to pick themselves back up again. You know, then you're potentially teaching your kids lessons that they will carry through with them for the rest of their life. I mean, many people will have heard what I just said then and totally resonate with it. And when they feel themselves being in those moods, whether that's happy or sad, they know what foods they crave in that situation and they can probably trace it back to when they were younger and the experiences they had with those foods and the feelings they had when they ate those foods and the people they were with when they ate those foods and realize that those links do get set up. So, you know, I'm not saying that you should never have a birthday cake with your kids on their birthday. You know, I'm not saying that you should never reward your kids with an unhealthy treat every now and then. But you just got to be conscious of the way you communicate that to them. And, and, and so perhaps rather than saying – you know, we're going to go out and have McDonald's today because, um, you know, because you did so well in sport. I mean, I don't know if this happens in America, but the classic in Australia is – Oh, that's that totally it. It's like after a game, everyone goes out for pizza, you know, or – or burger, you know, or McDonald's. Yeah. In, in Australia, it's like if you're the if you have the if you have a really good day, you're like the best player on the team, then they give you a voucher to go to McDonald's. <laughs> you get like a that's like your prize for doing really well at sport is you get a voucher to go to McDonald's. So, um, so that happens all the time. And and as I said, inadvertently, what we often be teaching our kids is, well, you've done really well, you deserve something unhealthy. And now what I would love to do is turn that around a little bit and say, look, you've done really well. You know, you deserve to nourish your body with something really healthful that's going to, you know, not only taste great, but make you feel amazing as well. And, and so I think being able to teach your kids that they can do that is really important, that you don't have to have unhealthy food to have great flavors and great taste. You don't have to have unhealthy food in order to reward yourself. In fact, 
I, what I teach my kids is that actually, you know, if you have healthy food that tastes great, then it's like a double reward, right? Because not only do you feel great while you're eating it because it tastes good and it's fun and it's fun colors and flavors and those sort of things, but you actually feel good afterwards as well because you've nourished your body with those healthy foods. Um, what I also teach my kids is that, you know, sometimes it's okay to have exceptions. You know, sometimes we're at the birthday, we're going to eat that birthday cake and that's okay too. You know, my kids don't have any sort of gross allergies or intolerances or anything like that. So, you know, if they eat a birthday cake every now and then, then they do okay. You know, other parents won't be able to have that sort of flexibility. And so obviously, you know, everyone needs to figure out what works for their family. But for my kids, that little bit of flexibility, you know, they tend to deal with okay. But what I do teach them is I say, look, you know, we're going to do this today because it's such and such as birthday and this is their birthday cake and we want to celebrate this moment with them. And also remember that we don't do this all the time because these ingredients aren't as helpful for our body. You know, they're not going to help you do, you know, for my son, often his motivation is that he wants to run fast or he wants to be really smart. He wants to be an engineer and build robots when he grows up. So, you know, I'll say to him, you know, these foods, they're not going to give you the big muscles you want to be able to run fast. You know, they're not really that nourishing for your brain. So they're not going to be the foods that help you get smart so that you can learn the things you need to do to build robots. And so I communicate with him about why he might not want to eat those unhealthful foods all the time. And so you know, we have that conversation. We say, look, it's okay to do it today because it's a birthday, it's a special occasion. But when we get home, we're going to eat some healthy stuff as well because we want to make sure we fuel your brain. Um, speaking of kids' birthday parties, the other, the other deal I have with my, my kids is that um, they love Lego. And so what I explain to my kids is that you know if you eat the lolly bag that you get at the birthday party, it's kind of fun, right? It tastes good. So I don't lie to my kids. I, I tell them the truth, right? The lollies taste good. And they're fun. They're bright colors. They're full of sugar. You get lots of energy from it. You're probably going to enjoy it if you eat them. But I say to them, look, they're they're fun in the short term. But probably you're going to find that later on in the day, you're going to feel a bit tired. You're going to feel a bit grumpy. You know, you might get a little bit sick. You might notice that your stomach feels a bit upset, a bit tight and grumbly or bloated. And so I talk to my kids about, you know, the truth and consequences of what they can expect if they have that lolly bag. And then I say to them, well, you know, if you want to, you could trade that lolly bag in. And so if you want to trade that lolly bag in, I'm happy to go to the shops and buy you some Lego in replacement of that lolly bag. And so the conversation I have with them then is that, you know, the cool thing about Lego is not only is it fun when you first get it, is that you can play with it and have fun, but it doesn't have any negative consequences later on. In fact, it has positive consequences later on because when you finish building it, you can pull it apart and you can build something different the next day and it's actually just as much fun the next day. And so I have those sort of conversations with my kids about, you know, the truth and consequences of eating healthy food, the truth and consequences of eating unhealthy food and how, you know, if they want to, they can actually swap that out and replace it with a different reward um, that, that, you know, I think they might actually enjoy more because not only is it fun in the short term, but it's fun in the long term too. Um, so those are the sort of things that, that I do with the kids. You know, the other thing I might do with them is, you know, if they go to the supermarket and they see some perhaps a bag of lollies that they want. And I'll say, you know, that's fine. We can get that bag of lollies if you want. And probably what you'll find is, once again, you'll feel good in the short term, maybe not so good in the long term. Or we could go home and I can whip up a recipe and make really similar lollies to that, but with healthy ingredients, which will not only make you feel good now, but they'll make you feel good later on as well. Which one do you want to do? And I ask them. And invariably, they say, well, I'd like to feel good now and feel good after. 
and they like the fact that when we make <laughs> right, they're like, I'd like to have my lolly and eat it too. I want exactly. both. <laughs> and they like the fact that when we make homemade lollies, you know, we make these little gelatin gummies that they get to pick which fruit we're going to put in. So I get, you know, getting them involved in the process is another thing that we talk about a lot in the book. So you know, I take them there, I let them choose which fruits are going to go in, you know, which colours they'd like the lollies to be. You know, they get involved in the the selecting of that. They get involved in the making of it. They help me mix it. You know, we pour it into the cool molds. You know, we make it fun. So we got the colours from the fruit. We've got molds of all different shapes of hearts and stars and all different shapes that they can make the lollies in. Um, so, so we make it really fun and get them engaged. And, and in that way, you know, they then, once again, they see the benefit of choosing the healthy option rather than the unhealthy option, and they want to do it for themselves, which is great. Yeah, that's I love that all the photos in your book, too, of your kids being involved in the cooking process. It's so cute. They're so sweet. Um, I'm not sure if the statistics in here are just for Australia, but it, they're pretty brutal, which is, you know, 41% of children under the age of 15 have a long-term health condition, and 42% of kids under 15 have used medication in the last two weeks, and there's a few more. I mean, it's just, it's just outrageous, and it's very that's brutal. Is that just for Australia, or? Well, the, generally, the stats in Australia and the US are actually quite similar. You know, it's this kind of funny thing we have in Australia where we often look at the American stats and think, "Wow, they're so unhealthy." You know, and and yet this, when we actually look at, they do a comparison of the health stats in Australia. You know, we think of ourselves as being a bit more outdoorsy, really active. You know, we've got a beautiful lifestyle. We, you know, we think we eat quite well, but we really copy you guys far more than we should in many ways when it comes to you know diet and lifestyle and those sort of things so the stats are very similar in the u.s to what they are in australia yeah that is so tough let's talk about um you do i mean obviously you have a practice you you coach people tell us how how you work with people yeah well coaching is something that i've i've recently just started doing again so um you know i used to do more coaching probably in the early days um and, you know, as I've gone on and, and developed the books and the podcast and, you know, all the other business aspects of my business, the podcast network, you know, I found that finding the time to do coaching was getting harder and harder. Um, but it is something that I love doing and I really enjoy it. And so I've been inspired by just recently talking to some of the people I've been able to help um, from some of the retreats and, and seminars that we've been doing um, who've convinced me that getting back into coaching was going to be a good idea. So, um you know, my take around coaching is that my coaching is very organic. You know, I'm not one for big structured plans. You know, I'm not one for, you know, detailed maps of telling you exactly how you should do it and, um, you know, do exactly what I say when I say it, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm much more of an intuitive coach where I, I believe in figuring out what works for the individual um, and realizing that everyone is different um, and that everyone's on a different path, has a different approach, has a different lifestyle, has a different time availability, you know, all of those sort of things. And so I'm really about, you know, I think of myself as a problem solver as much as anything. I'm really good at looking looking at people's lives and seeing what's going on, what the core problem is, which is often different to what they think the problem is, you know, figuring out what the core problem is and then figuring out really tangible action steps that they can take to help start moving people in the right direction, whether that's in terms of their diet, whether that's in terms of their exercise. You know, I do some stuff on barefoot running. I do some stuff on, you know, personal development and relationships and careers and, you know, all those different facets. But but it's really coming from that core philosophy of, um, you know, figuring out what's right for the individual rather than a cookie cutter approach um, and doing it quite innately, you know, removing the interference, giving your body what it needs um, to make that process really easy 
um, and and figuring helping people figure out why they want to do it. Once again, it's very similar to the kids eating. Helping people figure out why they want to do it really is the key. You know, when people can figure out what they want to do and why they want to do it, then everything becomes so much easier. It's it's almost effortless when you're on the right track and you know what you want to do and you know why you want to do it. It's totally different to you know what most of us are doing, which is trying to follow someone else's game plan. You know, someone else's approach that seems to be working for them. We think, well, I'm just going to jump on board with them and do exactly what they've been doing, and then hopefully that'll work for me. And that's hard work. You know, trying to be someone else is really hard work. So, well, and it's also reaching outside oneself all the time. It's the same sort of concept of, you know, we've talked about it before, right? Going to the doctor expecting like just help me fix me yeah. without my participation. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how does exactly. that happen, right? So, I mean, if there's right, I know you feel as strongly as I do about participating and jumping in on your own health. And oftentimes we do, we just want to be like, I mean, how many times have people asked you this? They've asked me the same thing, even friends, family, like, well, just tell me what to eat. Like, just tell me. And you're like, that's kind of also not how paleo primal works. That's not how, when you get fat adapted, how it works, where you can have something that's structured, it will know inevitably become unstructured by the nature of it. You know, and I think that's the thing people struggle with, right? Is the unstructure. They they're so used to like just tell me what to do and yeah. teaching someone how to be more intuitive. And I'm so glad you said that. That is absolutely what this is about. Yeah, and it, and it is also something that develops over time. You know, I mean, I can remember when I first started doing paleo. You know, I was probably much more rigid in terms of what I was able to do. You know, I I needed to have someone else's recipe to copy so that I knew what to cook because I had no idea how to cook it for myself. You know, and and then gradually, you know, as you get further into your journey, you're able to play with it more. You're able to explore more. You're able to develop more possibilities. So I know that that happens. But yeah, what you said is absolutely right. Like I I can't fix anyone. I can't I can't even really help anyone. You know, what I can do is help people to help themselves you know i often say that you know if we were a football team you know i'd be the coach all right but but they would be the players you know they do all of the work they do all of the skill all of the execution i can give them tips along the way and help point them in the right direction and give them some tactics that are going to help them get there but they're the ones that are actually doing all of the action what about um when you coach with people are you doing it in person as well or are you doing it can you work with anyone all over the world yeah, work with people all over the world. So, um, yeah, we could certainly do, you know, if, if people are in Adelaide, South Australia, then they can certainly do that and they can come in and, and do it one-on-one. But the vast majority of it uh, is is over Skype um, because, you know, with our podcast, we, you know, we've got quite a reach all around Australia, all around the world. You know, I, I literally just interviewed someone from the UK who had been listening to our podcast, which is great. Um, so, yeah, absolutely over Skype is the easiest way we can do that in our modern world, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I definitely can, can coach people wherever wherever they are and uh, you know the wonders of modern technology we can be video calling um, you know chatting for free from the other side of the world which is fantastic like like we are right now which is amazing yeah, exactly yeah it's amazing <laughs> what uh, what are you uh, working on right now i know you know you've written a lot of books you've got this again wonderful book nourish without nagging it's an ebook so we can get it on amazon and where else could we find it yeah yeah you can find it on amazon and itunes um, and you can also find it at my website uh, so if you go to drbretthill.com forward slash shop you'll find all of my uh, ebooks there um, so yeah, that, that's, that's the best spot to go if you want to find it all about me. Um, and then obviously the podcast, you can find at the wellnesscouch.com. There's, there's my two podcasts as well as about 20 other podcasts there. Um, and what I'm working on at the moment is I've got a new book, um, which is going to be coming out hopefully in the next six to 12 months. Um, 
based around sort of my life journey over the last three years, which has been much more around, I guess, the mental side of things. Um, you know, I've had a, um, I had a separation from my ex-wife about three years ago, um, which was a really big deal for me. You know, as I said before, my, my whole world was really built around creating an environment for my children to grow up in and for my family to grow up in and thrive in. So, um, you know, going through a separation like that was, was a massive uh, knock for me. It was a massive challenge for me. It, it really sort of at the time felt like just the, the rug had been pulled out from under me. You know, all of my hopes and dreams of my, my whole purpose uh, sort of seemingly to me at the time disappeared in a moment. Um, and so my journey over the last three years of going through that process of, you know, divorce and separation and child custody issues and uh, and just the, the stress of that and, and re- refinding my why and refinding my purpose and 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 building myself back up again, you know, rediscovering my my self esteem and my self worth has been my journey over the last three years. Um, and so um, I did a talk on that just recently at our, our wellness summit, uh, which is our big event we have in Melbourne once a year. We have about 950 people come along to our, our, our annual event for our podcast network, and and I did a talk about that there, and and the reception from people was incredible it was overwhelming actually i mean I've, I've never had so many hugs in my life and so many people come up to me and talk to me and and such good reviews about any talk i've ever done and and i realized that you know that really had hit a hit a mark with people and resonated with people so um i had actually just at only a couple of weeks earlier been speaking to a, a publishing house in australia about a new book and, and and on exactly that topic and so that's just uh, you know, the demand has meant that I've had to get busy and start writing, and so I'm I'm well into writing that book, which you know has a yeah is is going to be a very, a very personal story, uh, but I think one that a lot of people are going to relate to in terms of dealing with stress and challenges, and you know how to recover from that, how to build yourself back up, how to build back up your self esteem and your self love, and how to rediscover your why and your purpose to um, to really get yourself back on track as well. So. It's one that I'm really excited about. Uh, we've got a working title, which is Rock Bottom at the moment, which came from a, a J.K. Rowling's quote, which said that Rock Bottom is the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Um, and that's probably going to be the first quote that goes into the book. Uh, and so, yeah, that's I'm really excited about that as my next project as well. I love it. And also, you know, I mean, it's I feel so grateful to have gone through, through some rough challenges. And what a what a great extra offer to your coaching clients as something you can guide them through. That's something that's really tough for a lot of people. And you know, there's a high divorce rate. And so this is something that's very common and stressful and really tough. So uh, that, you know, now you can uh, offer that to people and, and empathize in a way and coach them on that, which is, you know, absolutely so, so great. And what's become really evident is that it's not something that there are a lot of guys out there willing to talk about. Um, so, you know, so f- both for girls who are wanting to sort of get a I guess, a male perspective on things. And also for guys who are, you know, often struggling with these sort of issues, um, you know, there aren't many guys out there who are willing to talk about these sort of emotional issues and to, I guess, you know, bear their soul a little bit and, and to be, you know, open and honest about how that feels and how hard that is and the challenges and the, you know, all the, just all of that sort of stuff, you know, that there's not a lot of that out there. And I think it's really important I think it's really important for men's health particularly uh, because, you know, men's health is a big issue in Australia. I'm not sure what it's like in in America, but men's health is a big issue over here, particularly, you know, things like depression and suicide and those sort of things for men um, are are really high over here. Um, But also I think, as once again, as I said, for women to be able to understand that, you know, to have men out there sharing their perspective on things I think is a really important part of the conversation that's that's probably to a degree been lacking 
Um, mostly because, as I said, men just aren't necessarily willing to to share that, which is important. Right. Well, I can't wait. So I can't wait to read that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll make sure I send you a copy. Here. Where um where can we find you on social media? We can go to drbretthill.com um and you know get your books there or Amazon Nourish Without Nagging. What and so others on your website as well. Uh, where else can we find you? Instagram, Twitter, etc. Yeah, yeah. So Facebook is Dr. Brett Hill. Um, just all you know, Dr. Brett Hill. Um, Inst- Instagram I use quite a bit, which is just uh, Dr. Brett Hill. So D R B R E W T H R W L, all one word. Um, Twitter, honestly, I'm not as active on Twitter anymore. I kind of got a bit, I'm a bit over Twitter. I don't use that as much anymore. Um, so stick to the stick to the Facebook and the Instagram. And then, as I said, the podcasting network is thewellnesscouch.com. Um, there's 22 different podcasts on our podcasting network now. So, um, you know, you can find whatever your topic, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's personal development, whether it's business, more business, you know, success-minded stuff, whether it's, um, you know, we've got the wellness guys, we've got the wellness girls, we've got up for a chat. We've got all different shows there, all different topics, health, you know, raising healthy kids, healthy pregnancies and births, any topic you can think of, there's a podcast there to cover it just about nowadays. So check out the Wellness Couch. No, it's a great resource and your shows, your shows are great as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Any thoughts or suggestions? Well, I think the thing that I always like to leave people with is just be kind to yourself. I think, you know, so often when we're going through these journeys, whether we're trying to make, you know, health changes, whether we're trying to change our diet or our exercise, whether we're dealing with stress and trying to recover from that, we can just beat ourselves up far too much, you know, and we can be our own worst enemies. You know, one of the things I've I've said in, in my talk and in my book is that, you know, as I went through those stresses and challenges, by far the worst things that were said about me and probably the worst things that happened to me during that time were done to be by myself. Um, so, you know, be kind to yourself as you go through. Have understanding, have the sort of empathy you have for your best friends for yourself. Um, and that'll, that'll see you through a lot of those challenging times and, and help you, I guess, make decisions around your health and your wellness and your journey that are coming from a place of loving yourself rather than hating yourself. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope to have you back soon. Anytime, Elle. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day or morning. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. And I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. If you dream of a career in health coaching, but have been held back by worries, such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching, and we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. We also have payment plans available, so you can start immediately for just a dollar down. The world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.